it, it's the first time back in a while, man. It's, it's not gonna be perfect, right? Yeah, that's fine. All right, three, two, one. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to debrief weeks one through three for all of y'all. It is a cyclone state. And of course, we are going to go through some Baylor hate week for you because those guys just kind of suck. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as best place to watch the big game. Head on over there every single Tuesday for beef and chicken tacos, $1 $1 tequila shots, $5 Modelo pitchers, as well as FAC deals. They have $5 wraps, $5 pitchers of beer, and $3 adioses all night. You're not going to get these drink deals when you leave college, so I promise you head on over there right now. Support our boy Ben. And without further ado, we will get into our first podcast recording in a while. So, Newt, um, do you feel obliged to welcome me back after a uh, long honeymoon? um yeah congrats on being married it was a good time besides me having a seizure but other than that it was fun (laughs) that that was a pretty tough um tough end to the weekend it was a near perfect weekend until uh the seizure happened so yeah just to fill everyone in we uh stopped we we went on a little bit of a hiatus i was getting married um then was on a honeymoon for a couple weeks and then your boy knew had some health issues so this is our first time back consider this his Michael Jordan flu game. Cause he's still in recovery mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I can take that. Um, but, but yeah, um, it's been a pretty eventful couple of, of weeks together, but Hey, you know what the best part about this podcast is, is this is the first time since we've been running outside the lines that we can say it's cyclone state. Dude, let's do we give it up? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I kind of wanted to do a SEMO and Ohio breakdown, but let's be real here. Weeks one through three recap is mostly just going to be um, talking about how it's a cyclone state because um, Deckers is the real deal because he's the one that actually scored a touchdown. And that was literally all that mattered. I mean, going into the game, this is actually, you know what? We're going to blame Liam on this one. We did record before the season started. And if Liam would have been super producer and would have actually put out that episode, you would have heard me say Iowa State only needs to score one touchdown, maybe two to have the nail in the coffin. And if we score a touchdown, then we're winning the game. And I was kind of a little bullish on the one touchdown. I thought for sure if we get two touchdowns and that was actually going to be a, a you know game over. But we literally scored one touchdown and beat them. Like that is – they're so, so bad offensively. And honestly, I'm going to say something nice about Iowa. They deserve better than Spencer Petrus. They have – probably a top five defense, a top five special teams. And that's the guy they have running their offense. Like that is, Oh, it's such a bad look And Brian Ferentz too. They, as I say, they also deserve something better than Brian Ferentz because, you know, it kind of goes both ways, but it, it's crazy. I, there are so many times where I will think about this game and we had two of our punts blocked in like our own <laughs> end zone. <laughs> We fumbled. And they were blocked cleanly too. Like yeah. those were obvious. Like oh shit, we weren't even close to getting that off. Fumbled at the goal line, um, through an interception within the five yard, like uh, five yard line. Yep. And we still won this game, <laughs> which yeah. is just crazy to overcome that shit. I mean, just watching that game myself was 
easily the most stressful thing I think I'm going to do. Well, I, uh, I didn't really get to experience the seizure. I, it was, it's all just been locked out. That's probably the most stressful thing that's going <laughs> to happen to me this year. But this was one of the most stressful things that I got to directly experience, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Because that game, as an Iowa State fan, it felt like everything was going wrong that was possible, but yet we were still, like, staying in the game. But I also just had, like, no optimism because I'm like, we're going to somehow lose this. Like, we Dude, get momentum going. We're going to still somehow lose it. You know, you had a big doo-doo in your pants for most of that entire game. Like, even when we were up, you're like, shut up. We're not going to win this. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Cynical Iowa State Newt. Come on. Oh, I mean, this is like anything that happened in the game did not go in our favor. <laughs> like, we couldn't punt the ball. We, we, like, oh, it was just anything. Like, we got into the red zone and we forgot how to play football. It was just, it was so hard to have like a lot of optimism with that game, is what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still, like, we force a sack at the end. That's uh, what the strip sack turnover. Um, and mm-hmm. he's offsides and there's unsportsmanlike because we're celebrating a strip sack that after we win and it gives Dude, Iowa 20 yards dumb. and the ball back. And I'm like, they're going to kick this field goal and they're going to make it because this is just like and we're going to go overtime. We're going to lose because this is just this is what is bound to happen. Like that's that would See, be, that's right. That would have been the most bullshit way for us to like lose this game is that we get penalized celebrating a play that doesn't matter because we're also offsides. Like if you're offsides, then like celebrating what happens should that shouldn't matter like that like no i agree you know like wild because isn't that after like the play ended like that's that's kind of my thing if it's after the play ended then why are we rewarding that to the team when the play was already done i don't know i i don't know it's weird because i get if it's maybe like unnecessary roughness or something like that but it was literally like unsportsmanlike conduct like for celebrating which it's like but you're celebrating a play that just got like basically told it was not a thing anymore so i don't know so there there was just even that with the entire game like with eight seconds left they still had a chance to tie it up and kick a reasonable 48 yard field goal like yeah it was raining yeah but like 48 we've lost off worse we've lost off 63 63 from a college kicker i i I do disagree though because i was you know when we were in that moment where everything was just like discombobulating in front of our eyes like holy shit are they seriously going to tie this game i thought it was almost destiny for iowa to make that and send it to ot and win but then i started to think because i always like to disagree with you and so you're like oh they're gonna go to overtime and they were gonna lose in overtime and i was you know thinking okay how can i try and not think like newt because he is just bumming me out right now and honestly no i think we still would have won in overtime dude they Campbell played this game perfectly. Finally, finally, he played a, an Iowa game perfectly where he basically just doubled down on the fact that they have the worst quarterback in all of collegiate in all of collegiate athletics and basically just like loaded the box. Actually, they didn't even like our defensive line. We weren't even loading the box too much. And we were still like rushing three and still getting to the quarterback within two seconds. Like our defensive line, like huge hat tip to them because that's a good O line that Iowa has. And we were just getting to the quarterback all game. But I just think that game goes to overtime. We still win. They Because overtime in college football is a touchdown scoring scene. You have to score touchdowns to win a game. Sure, you can kick a field goal and send it to the second, third, and fourth overtime. Eventually, you're going to have to score a touchdown. And that's where I would totally bet on Deckers and our offense to 
at least score one touchdown before they would, or at the very least match a touchdown. If Petrus pulls a bunny out of his hat and actually throws it for a touchdown. So I, I disagree. I think overtime would have gone our way no matter what, but it still wasn't fun to watch the fact that it could have gone overtime. Yeah. And guess what? It didn't fucking matter because we won and it's a cycle and state. So that's the best part about it. So <laughs> don't even have to think about hypothetical overtime bullshit because we didn't get there, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know something that's kind of hilarious? I mean, everything about Iowa's offense is hilarious. Like, I'm this is nothing new, but both SEMO and Ohio scored more points against Iowa State than Spencer Petrus, Brian Ferentz, and Iowa. That's that is how you know of like the actual caliber of offense they run there. It's so so bad. I mean, and just even think about all the positions that their special teams and defense put them in to score too. Like that. That's the other thing is that from you know, they, they obviously had to fumble at the goal line too, but they, you know, they had the pump blocks mm-hmm. and things like that. They were in great position. They dominated the special teams once again, which as we said, going into it, like, you know, we can't have special team fuck ups. And then literally first drive of the game, we have a special teams fuck up. And it's like the, Oh boy, here we go again thing. Like, you know, um, and still, yeah. I mean, they, they weren't able to take advantage of that because of how inept their offense was. And so, you know, and, and it had tip to this defense, man, dude, they, you know, like I know, and this will kind of get us into the, the Baylor preview a little bit, but like this defense, man, they're back against the wall. They step up. It's, 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 it's impressive. They, they do a fantastic job with, you know, just, I don't know, like the, the defensive line getting the pressure on the quarterback and everything like they, they, you know, they, they had to overcome a lot of adversity and, and to only hold Iowa to, you know, basically what seven points off of some very shitty situations. That's, it was pretty impressive. So, yeah. And, and I mean, there was even a time where Petrus threw a wide open, I think it was still Laporta in the, uh, in, in the red zone caught it and because he kind of underthrew it he didn't lead him so Laporta had to slow down a little bit still should have been enough for him to walk in the end zone and we just hustled our ass and tackled him at like the three yard line and I think that was what led to the um the fumble in the end zone that we obviously recovered so I mean it's, it's small details like that they just never give up and gosh why am I blanking on our D coordinator's name it's not Tom Manning that's John Heacock baby thank you John Heacock love dude. John he is, Heacock I'm like, honest, every single year we have him is kind of like a D or it's, it's kind of like um a step down from the Campbell fear. It's like, dude, he's really yeah. good. Like someone someone's going to take him like someone yeah. should give him a head coaching job or something. I know yeah. I'm, I, I always get a little worried about that every year, too, because he's he's so essential to the the success here. I mean, if Campbell stays, though, then I think his staff likes to, to coach with him. Like it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In case someone offers him like a head coaching job, which. Hell, he's kind of getting up to that status, which is it's a good problem to have, obviously. But um, I mean, should we talk Ohio and SEMO? I mean, SEMO, we didn't even scout for. Like, we just knew that it was gonna be a walloping. I was shit talking Ohio. They've never beat they've never beat Iowa State, and everyone's like, hey man, calm down, don't get too cocky. I'm like, okay, no, this isn't about cockiness, this is just having confidence in a team that should absolutely pummel these guys. And for what it's worth, that was our largest margin of victory, 43 to 10. And it was still sloppy. And I love that Campbell called it out. He's like, I'm honestly not too pumped about how this game is going. Like, yeah, we're kind of 
kicking the mass when you look at the scoreboard. But as far as like what we know we're capable of, this is not what we want to see. And so I kind of loved how Campbell wasn't afraid to call that out and just say like, Hey, this is some Mickey mouse competition. We should be beating these guys 60 to nothing instead of 43, nothing, you know, or 43, 10, I should say. And, and he knows that too. And, and it's, I mean, you're going to have a letdown game at coming off the Iowa game. That's just like a guarantee, you know, like, they finally kind of got the monkey off their back with, with oh, Iowa finally. and himself. Yeah. And so it's expected that, you know, this Ohio game, they're, you know, probably going to come out of the gate slow or not be as focused or not be as determined. And, and that's kind of the expectation, but the, you know, they still looked pretty smooth and, 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 and the nice thing was they, they didn't let Ohio like hang around in this one, this one, like, and, and I think that's always the key when you kind of have this inferior competition is like, at the start of the game, you have to let them know that they don't deserve to be on the field with you. And that's what they did. This, like this game was over by the end of the second quarter type deal, unless something crazy happens right at the start of half. But, you know, they did a great job of like foot on the gas and, and whatnot. And yeah, it's sloppy. And like, that's because Campbell has an expectation of like, Hey, big 12 uh, conference play starting up. And we open up with the preseason defending champs of the conference, you know, and, and the preseason uh, favorites to, to win it. And so we know that we have to be ready right away. And and I think that's what he's thinking about too, with it of like, yeah, this, this performance wins this game with these people, but it doesn't win, you know, potentially the, the next game that we're playing. So I, yeah. I love that attitude. It's very Campbell esque, you know, that's, that's how he's always going to be and I like, kind of never satisfied and, and knows that he can get better from his guys. And so um, hopefully that, that leads into some good results here uh, for the upcoming weekend's game. Yeah. So to, to transition to Baylor, um, definitely going to be the most hated team in the new big 12. Right. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think, I'm like, is there someone else that's kind of up there? And I'm like, yeah, no, there's not really anyone that kind of competes with the toxicity in Waco. I don't think so. Um, Kansas basketball, but that's just because yeah, good Kansas basketball self. If they're if their football was able to like be a little bit more relevant and their fan base could shit talk there, then Kansas would for sure get it. But hey, man, they're three and zero. Don't look. They down. are three and zero. They played Duke, <laughs> who's also three and zero this weekend, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but honestly, probably Baylor. Yeah, and, and Baylor kind of has that. They have that like. Um, that new success, you know, that's yeah. kind of kind of annoying with them. And and like they've kind of since they've joined the Big 12 have had pretty decent success. And so like, I don't know. And and yeah, they they are a they're, little they're a annoying. Team. They're For definitely also reasons that we don't really have to get into, you know. Yeah, everyone know everyone knows. Um, yeah. Which like you can't hold like, you know, it's something we've talked about where it's like, you can't directly hold that over the fan base. Cause there's a lot of people nah. and a majority who condemn that, but they yes. also have people who are defending our brows. That was what was shitty. And, and, and that those people um, really need to look in the mirror and, and reevaluate themselves. But yeah. Um, I mean, to talk football, you know, I was honestly pretty surprised that they did lose to BYU. Um, so 20 to 26, I honestly didn't catch a whole lot of the game. Um, just kind of looking at some of the box score. just didn't look like they were moving the balls too well offensively. Um, and I Blake shape in 18 for 28, 137 yards and one touchdown. 
I mean, you, you've seen worse performers in college football at Spencer Petrus, but that's still just not too impressive. And I think, um, you know, when they had Jerry Bohannon, he at least brought that kind of running threat to it. And I think Blake can move, but dude had four carries for negative 22 yards. So you have to be that much better of a thrower in order to kick off a very productive quarterback in Jerry Bohannon, who obviously transferred because Blake beat him out very handedly this spring. So maybe I was a little too high on Blake Shapin at the beginning of the year, but um, I don't know. It, and truth be told, I haven't seen a whole lot of their games. I've just kind of seen some highlights here and there through Baylor. So I don't really totally know what to expect through them, but um, gosh, it, it's, it's always a different ball game when they come to Ames. For whatever reason, we can't, like you said, get that monkey off our back with Campbell and Waco. And also when they're just, you know, basically taking a giant magnifying glass to our entire sideline. Um, but yeah, I, I think when they come to Ames, we usually have a little bit more luck and I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think we're a little bit better than I thought we maybe would be. And I think Baylor's a little bit worse than I thought they'd be. So I don't really know where that puts me at the end of this game, but I'm feeling good, which is always a great sign. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm also feeling weirdly good too, which I don't like. <laughs> oh, now that's the issue. That's, I know, I know it's, it's bad. That's where we get in trouble. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing here with this is like, is it's truly kind of seeing how good our defense is. And like, they lost so much talent and snaps and stuff from last year's team. And so far it's looked good, but we've played SEMO, uh, Iowa, and Ohio. So they haven't really been tested <laughs> to say the Two least. of the three teams you don't even recognize. You're like, who? Yes. Ohio, um, who? Yes. So I think that, you know, and, and Iowa State's been fantastic at home in the Big 12. We haven't lost at home in the Big 12 since 2019 to Oklahoma State. I was at that game. No, no big deal. Um, Proud of you. It was homecoming. Um, and of course. But anyways, um, and we're do you want do you want to play guest line quick? Shit. I just looked. I was going to okay. ask you. I was going to say because I was going to say we're also favorited uh, by Vegas, which. You know, it's kind of interesting too with you know Baylor being ranked. And 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 the thing is like Baylor lost to BYU and BYU just kind of got spanked by Oregon. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, exactly how how do you use all that information to figure out like who's good or are we good or or whatever. So yeah. Um and I mean Baylor but- killed Albany 69-10. Nice. Um, and then killed Texas State 42-7 two teams of which you would expect and you know that likely outcome so i mean i guess they're handling business when they should but i mean it's hard to just judge that byu loss that one kind of confuses me because i think we're also trying to figure out who byu is like you mentioned they got pummeled by oregon and i don't know you know the the early weeks of college football are always so tricky because there's always way more teams that are better than you expect and way more teams that are worse than you'd expect um, like the preseason rankings in college football is like literally the biggest joke ever. It's so inaccurate every single year. Texas got a first place vote. I mean, come on. I mean, I guess they're not like yeah. horrible, but still. Yeah. So, I mean, it is definitely, I don't know. This is one of those of like, it's our first true test offensively uh, or yeah. defensively. But I, I think the other thing is that like, Baylor's kind of in the opposite of they've had their first true tests 
offensively already, and they didn't really look that great against BYU. Um, mm-hmm. Or sorry, defensively. Because I'm trying to offense. get, I'm trying to understand where you're getting at. I think I do, but yeah, you're all over the Basically, place. Basically, both of our defense. teams have been like half challenged so far. Yeah. Um, BYU's got a good offense, and Baylor hasn't, the Baylor offense hasn't had to play against like a crazy good defense, like what ours might be or what we're hoping ours is. But our defense sure. also hasn't been tested too. But our, our yeah, offense has been tested because we played against a very good defense in Iowa. And I mean, okay, the offensive system at Iowa is horrible, but I mean, there are some things that you can kind of measure, like, like our line play line, and yeah, stuff it like looked that. really yeah. good against a very solid O line at, at Iowa. Like, I would say we were winning the line battle, and we never do, at least on that side of the ball. And so, you know, I think our defense looks fantastic, and it's not just Will McDonald making plays. Uh, forgive me for not calling the names out, but we had like many sacks. Oh gosh. Who's number three. It used to be uh, Uwazurike, but it's not him anymore, but number three on the defensive line. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting who you are, but he had like two huge sacks caused a fumble and that McDonald ended up picking up. Like, I don't know. I, I'm real. I was really impressed by our defensive line and Anthony Johnson's looking good too. Um, Bo Freeler. I'm never going to have any, like doubts about what he's capable of. Well, he's supposed I mean, to be Kobe, back this week too. He was hurt last week. So yeah. And, and you're right. Like that's a huge pickup and, and Colby reader with a really nice pick in that last game. I mean, it's kind of hard to measure when you're playing a tough offense like Ohio, but still, I, I mean, the defense is doing what they should be doing. And unfortunately the offense usually just takes a little bit. Like we always said, Brocktober was the formula. I don't really think it was always Brocktober. I just think it took us that long sometimes to figure our shit out offensively. I just, I, I hope that is something that maybe gets corrected down the road, but that's just kind of how we are. That's how we've always been. So I think we're only going to get better offensively as the season progresses. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, it's a sign like, and we're maybe seeing it a little bit this year, but like Campbell, this is the first time in his entire tenure that everyone that like is on the team basically is a Campbell recruit. So he has people in his system that he like originally got. And I think that's the thing of like when we would hit October is a lot of times it's like, Hey, you know, like I'm trying to figure, or like you can recruit players for your system and like your coaching staff and what you guys want to do for your philosophy. But also when you're taking over a new program, you have to work with what's there too. And that's like the combination of working with what's there, how you can be successful and also figuring out like, Hey, how can I adapt to my players? And I think that's what Campbell does a great job of. And that's what you need to be able to do as a coach is you have to adapt. It's like, yeah, last year we had fantastic tight ends. So we utilize that so much because we knew those were going to be some great weapons this mm-hmm. year. Our tight end room is a lot younger and it's hasn't been as much of an emphasis of our passing attack. Hanukkah is looking good though. Deshaun yeah. Hanukkah. I mean, he, he's proven to be like a, a true receiving threat, in my opinion. I mean, all you need to do is just have him be a threat to open up the field. Because uh, obviously X is eating right now. Jalen Noel is coming out of, you know, the word work pretty well. But uh, as far as Deshaun Hanukkah, like you you just need a tight end who's who shows that he can be a threat from the passing game, and it'll just open stuff up. And that's what I think he's getting toward. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but – um. Yeah, he, he's certainly showing some good splashes of greatness. Already has two touchdowns on the season. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and that's what you're hoping for is like these guys who are getting the playing time at these positions where there was a little bit of uncertainty to to step up. But th- that's kind of the thing of, or the point with 
hey, a lot of times this Iowa State team has to figure it out. Like there's there's pieces that need to be to be solved and figured out who's going to like step up, who's gonna make the use of their touches, you know, who's gonna be the receiver that takes over when Shante Jones is gone, yada, yada, yada. You know, we've ha- we've always had these sort of question marks every offseason with it. And sometimes it takes longer to figure those out and, and other times it doesn't. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think it's been it's obviously been really nice, and, and it's been nice that this offense has already had like a really good test. You know, they might have already played the best defense they're going to play all year in, in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, no, I think we, I think that is the best defense we're going to play all year. Like, I don't want to disrespect Iowa's defense; they are very, very good, and their special teams is outstanding too. It's yeah. again, like they shockingly somehow deserve better than what they're given right now in Spencer Petrus and Brian Ferentz. And that's the thing too that uh, I think really helps the Cyclones is like we've had we had a tough matchup and we were able to overcome that adversity and get a win. Baylor had their one tough matchup and they lost. So mm-hmm. at the know, same time, though, do you think that could be something that would be like a mental battle? You know, Baylor's already gotten surprised by BYU, and Iowa State is kind of on a high right now. You know, Baylor is going to be coming in this game super pissed off. I'm sure. I'm sure they're just going to be pissed as all hell and i mean i i don't really ever think campbell goes into games overlooking anyone i think i do that but um as far as campbell he doesn't and so i, I think it'll be a hard-fought game but I don't, I don't know man like also it's good to start seeing some of these other wide receivers just start to shine a little bit like sean shaw five receptions 50 54 yards in one touchdown again i know it's ohio but those are the games where you kind of just want to spread the ball out get it to a lot of people and guess what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten there were ten different players that caught a reception in, against ohio again like say what you want it's ohio i get it but showing that you can spread the ball around like that is huge i don't know i like it i like what i've been seeing from the offense i think deckers especially his uh performance against iowa definitely surprised me and, and i said Again, shout out Liam for not getting our, our episode up. But I said before the season starts, if Deckers has two turnovers himself against Iowa, he's going to shut down and that will be the end of the game. Because that's typically what you see. Two turnovers through the quarterback against a good team like Iowa, you're usually done. But that kind of shows he's got a different mentality. He threw two picks and didn't bother him. 99 yards, 21 plays for a touchdown. Like That is kind of one of those ice in, those, in your veins type moment that really kind of shows who you are as a quarterback. Like, Hey, you know, Josh Allen throws some ugly picks, but he doesn't let it bother him. Like the very next drive, he'll go down and, and he'll just like, you know, murder you with his legs and throw over the top and score easily. And that's kind of the making of a good quarterback, whether you can come back from that, from those adverse moments. And, you know, Deckers has already shown that. And I, I love the way he plays. He's not afraid to sling it. I agree. I I, I do love Deckers has been fantastic to watch this year. He's he definitely loves to show off his arm talent, and oh, he yeah. also <laughs> he also loves to feed X, and those are two yeah. things that I am a big fan of. So, um, I really have liked how how the offense has looked. Um, you know, the only thing that I'm a little annoyed with is I think they run Deckers a little bit too much. It gets me a little worried. Like they run oh, like I do. Qu- I quarterback powers with them, which is just kind of like I'm like. I just don't want his like shoulder, uh, you know, that kind of shit. Like I'm always like, please no. Um, he also won't slide. I mean, maybe he'll prove me wrong. I hope he'll prove me wrong, but he's just not, it's not in his, in his nature to slide, you know? 
Yeah, and they they also finally ran a quarterback sneak under center, um, but they had a penalty during it against Iowa, and that that was great, but also awful. But I'm like the biggest advocate for quarterback sneaking ever. Um, under center, particularly under center, you have to do it under center. I mean, Justin I, Fields. I hate running out of shotgun. I hate run. I, I know you saw Justin Fields in, in shotgun against the Packers and that yeah, it just, doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to go under center. Tom Brady made a career out of literally just hiking in the ball and getting a yard. Like that's all you need. It's so easy. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so even seeing things like that is nice. Um, maybe we'll keep quarterback sneaking uh, on, on short and short yard situations. I would hope to God we do, but mm-hmm. I guess it's just going to lead into do you, you want to give a prediction here? What, what are you Ooh, thinking? Good little prediction time, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? Let, let, me, let me think here. I think we're going to be – I think we're barely going to get 30. I, I'm going to guess 32 – yeah, I'm going to guess 32-27 Iowa State. Really weird score. 27 yeah, that's really yeah, get a few the, touchdowns. The over under is, a couple is 45 right now. Yeah, I don't I, I think Iowa State. I don't know. I think we're going to put points on the board. Wait, what's okay. the over under 45? No, no. Screw that. What did I guess? 55 points right there. <laughs> More than that. Something like that. 27, it's a, 33. It's a 32, oh, 27. That's, yeah, that's 60 points. <laughs> you better be doing that over. Man. This is 59 points. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like uh, I said, I, I think we're gonna get to 30. And I think um actually, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I really hate that score prediction. You say something, then I'll come up with something new. Yeah, okay. now that I'm thinking about it, uh, the scratch that I don't like 32 27. Watch watch that be the score. I got it 20 to 23. Baylor wins. You know what? I'm gonna stick with 32 27. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to differentiate over here, so that's where I'm going with. Oh man. But Jirel Brock also had his like welcome to college football moment against SEMO. Again, I know it's SEMO, but the dude broke 50 tackles in one play and just juked a guy out of his shoes. That was so sick. I mean, the whole running back room has looked great so far. It looked great. Even the limit, like Sanders and and Silas and stuff, they've all looked fantastic when given opportunities and and they're going to be a dynamic group i think this entire year so and cartavius isn't he i think he was injured last game like i mean yeah we're we're gonna do really well i I think my only issue with just our running game is and i don't know how to fix this this is what i loved about purdy he was super nimble he could you know he was very evasive deckers is but I think he he just got way more straight line speed. So that's kind of like the running difference between him and Purdy. And I think sometimes it's, it's hard for him to like escape the pocket. But once he does, he's kind of fine. Um, but yeah, some of those like designed quarterback runs that we had for him, it just didn't really feel like we were either putting him in the best position for him to like take it and run downfield. Um, either that or I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just not the play that we need to go for as much as we did, especially against Iowa. Like we did that four or five times against Iowa and it was just not working. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm cool with a little bit less of design Decker's runs just to keep him, got to keep him safe and, and healthy. You know, if he has to scramble, that's fine, but the quarterback powers I can live without. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, there you have it. There's our Baylor preview. Um, 
before I move on to the NFL, do we want to talk Scott Frost? Um, I just think it's funny that Nebraska sucks. All right, me too. That was talking Scott Frost. Now, to go to the NFL, just to um, keep everyone updated as far as like the, th- the 53-man roster. So here were the cuts, and here were the people that made it. Andrew Mevis was cut from the Jaguars. Ugh, Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter. Um, Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, Charlie Kolar, Enya Uwazarike, and Jay Kummel all made their teams. So that's Jets, 49ers, Ravens, Broncos, and Rams. And then the people who were cut were Chase Allen, Derek Schwieger, Mike Rose, and Michael Jacobson. Um, I know most of them signed with the practice squad. I think Derek actually, maybe he was, um, I think he actually did just make a 53-man roster. Don't quote me on that, but I think there is an update on Derek that I do not have in front of me right now, so I apologize with that. Um, And, of course, this weekend was a huge NFL weekend for Iowa State football. Brees Hall contributes to an absurd comeback the Jets had against the Cleveland Browns with his first NFL touchdown. Shush to the crowd. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the um, Brownie the Elf is is that good of a is that good of juju for Cleveland right now. Yeah, it was awesome seeing Brees score his his first tutty. We had a nice little um, Alan Lazard got a touchdown in his first game back too um, mm-hmm. against the Bears. Poured ayahuasca for all yeah. of his teammates. That was great. Yes. Um, he's so got just nice. one of those personalities. D- you Dave love. Montgomery's been doing great. He's been like honestly the lone bright spot on that Bears offense, which is dude, he's been killing it with the Bears. He's so good. It's he is I feel so bad good. because it's like it's kind of like watching him on those really shitty Iowa State teams. Yeah. It's just like it's just like he has to break like three tackles and like reverse fields just to get like 15 yards and it's so impressive and you're like man imagine if he had some help <laughs> you know like that's just that's just what i think of every time I'm like this man at some point like at some point in his life i want him to run behind just a decent offensive line like an average offensive line yeah <laughs> just oh, not man, be at a disadvantage so running behind a line <laughs> you know you know what's an issue though he's he's like playing almost too well it's like hey how about you just suck this year david and you know the bears trade you and then go off, you know, like if you're smart at all, maybe you want to tank this year. I don't know, but this is, you know, this is what I love about David Montgomery. Like the NFL top 100 list is voted on by the players and the players only. So the, you know, these guys play with and against one another, um, which is why I think the list is super interesting because you look at David Montgomery as like a fantasy running back and you're like, Oh man, like he, he he's no Alvin Kamara. He's no CMC. Well, it's because he doesn't necessarily play that way. But if you're trying to tackle this dude, it is the biggest nightmare ever. You can't get this guy down. His balance is just so impressive and he can just do it all. Really. The only thing that you can knock on him is his breakaway speed. But as far as his shiftiness, his, you know, just like power running and like I said, his balance, his vision, his vision. Good call. Look at you, man. You know, football, don't you? Uh, a little bit yeah but no i i love david montgomery man part of me i do almost, love david montgomery. i honestly kind of hope it doesn't work out with the bears so he goes somewhere like i don't know I just, the yeah I, I want him to just go something. to a good org the the bills there we go the bills <laughs> oh my gosh that'd be perfect. let's put him on the best nfl team let's just yeah. put him on the best nfl team <laughs> get him a ring ah oh. um one last thing before i close up with the nfl talk you know you thought Tua's 
fourth quarter comeback against the Ravens was legendary. Do you know who the last person to throw four fourth quarter touchdown passes was? Sage Rosenfeld. Oh, look at you. You must. I'm on Twitter. On, uh, I'm on yeah. Twitter. Look at you. I didn't even find it on Twitter. I think I just found it through Sports Talk Radio. Yep, Sage Rosenfels, which I think they still ended up losing that game. It was like the most epic game. It was easily the game of his career. Had this crazy comeback when he was with the Texans. I forget who it was with, but it was just, oh, that was a fun one. Maybe not as much for him because he, you know, lost the game. But nah, actually, he'll take it for sure. He's got a lot of money in his pocket. I'm sure he's pretty happy with his NFL career. I think our longest NFL career in all of Iowa State athletics. So, yeah, yeah. Shout out Sage Rosenfels. All right. Anything else before we close it out today, Newt? No, I, I'm, I'm super excited for this game, honestly. I, this game, I think, is going to be a really big sort of, like, barometer of maybe where this team's at. Is this team going to potentially have a shot at competing for the Big 12 and championship game type deal? Are we at that level? Or is this maybe we're the tier below kind of the Baylor, Oklahoma, Okie State group that, um, you know, so I, I'm excited. I, I think I think this this is also the first game that like I think Jack Trice is really gonna be bumping. Oh, I yeah. am really annoyed with like where the student section got moved to and stuff. Where is it? I heard it got it's moved in the corner over near the southeast end zone, like the closed part, but um oh. on the same side that it normally was, but in that corner over there. And you're just it's not as close to like the opposing team and stuff like that. And it's just oh, for that reason. Yeah. I don't like it as no, much. Yeah. So I do like it for touchdown celebrations though. I mean, that, but I guess you could do that with its old layout too. No, no. I'll have to be there in order to kind of feel it, but I, I did right. see a lot of people were complaining about that. Yeah. So, but I think this is going to be the first like game where, you know, the cyclone fan base is going to be really hyped. You know, they've had SEMO in Ohio. Those are kind of two hard games to get hyped for. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're still excited because it's football and I was saying stuff, but this is like, hey, we got a ranked opponent coming into Ames. Like, I'm going to have to cheer my ass off. And and, and people it. said so. that the, cl- the crowd felt pretty dead against Ohio and SEMO, which again, how can you blame them? Like, I'll, I'll be honest. If I'm there, it's kind of hard to get into a blowout game in one that should be a blowout. But, um, oh, dude, you know what we haven't talked about yet? We got to talk about this. Sidetown. 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 I mean, it is such a cool idea. I'm so pumped it's happening. Um, so for those who are unaware, which I'm pretty sure most of you are, Iowa State is building probably the coolest multi-use district in all of collegiate athletics. And I know that might be an absurd statement, but seriously, like it's it's gonna be legit. They I think Jamie Pollard basically said if you um combine power and light in Kansas City. And somewhere else, uh, he said, like, if, if, if these two multi-use districts shared a baby, it would be, you know, Sidetown, which is awesome. It's got, it's going to have a lot of, you know, bars, local shops, whatever. Basically it'll be a long kind of walkway from Jack Tri stadium to Hilton Coliseum. Um, and it's going to be the coolest thing ever only for Jamie Pollard to name it Sidetown, which we need to help him out with that. Like, what 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 would what else would we change it to? Like we can bitch and moan that it's called Sidetown, but at the end of the day, if we're not giving him any better ideas, and he's gonna be like, "All right, give me something better." Otherwise, this is gonna be Sidetown. You're just gonna have to live with it. You know, if they leaned into Cyclones more, they could call it Tornado Alley, which would be fucking sick. Ooh, that'd be cool. 
I mean, a yeah. lot of people did say, why don't we just name it Cyclone Alley? And a lot of people are like, oh, we already have a Cyclone Alley. But isn't that kind of like the nod to it? I think that I, yeah. that's actually a pretty good idea. Just Cyclone yeah. Alley. Or it could be Cyclone Power and Light District. <laughs> what wait, Cyclone Power and Light District? That's actually good. What, what would be a worse name than Sci-Town? Um, so I was thinking about Swirly, Swirly Bird, Swirly Bird, Walkway. Swirly Bird City. <laughs> Swirly Bird City. That actually still might be better. I kind of love that. So I was thinking, I was like, Sci-Town, why didn't they do like Sci-City? But I, I realized that's Iowa City. You can't have, like, they have the city thing. We can't use the word city at all. Okay, that's fair. You know. That's fair. Um, Sci-Village? No, we're not a village. That, that would just be leaning into the stereotype of Ames too much. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I like my two suggestions the best. <laughs> Side town is kind of like Tornado fun. Alley. I like Tornado Alley. I think that'd be really cool because it's going to be like an alley that you'll walk down because it's and there's a big ass tornado fixture, too. So, like, yeah, it'll be kind of like leaning where, into the sculpture. It's yeah. And it's it's because of like the branding. We don't lean into the Cyclones and Tornado moniker. We lean into Cyclones and a Cardinal, which just makes no sense. Like no. whenever I talk to people here, they're like, why does Iowa State have like a Cardinal, but they're also the Cyclones? They're like, they're, they're confused. They're like, people are terrible. It doesn't confused. make a lot of sense. And I'm like, I mean, Cardinal well, and you gold. see the history. Um, we were Cardinal and gold. And so we got called the Cardinals for a while. And then we went and kicked Northwestern's ass in the early 1900s. And their local paper wrote that we came in like a cyclone and destroyed their city or their team. And so then we're like, oh, that's really cool calling us a cyclone. So we should be called the cyclones now. And then now the marketing team has never figured out how to successfully transfer over totally to cyclones. And we still incorporate Psy and a cardinal into our logos. And it's kind of a mess a little bit. And now we're just a block I state logo. That's boring as fuck. But um, you think yeah. they're trying to like, you know, veer away from cancel culture. They're like, oh, we can't have a tornado as our logo because that does physical damage to <laughs> property. And they're like, like, someone will see like a tornado logo for Iowa State. Just like have the Arthur meme or the, you know, hand is just clenched. We need the tornado logo. I, I've, I will preach this till i die um it's by far the best logo um all right we'll, we'll think of some more you know names for side town because we can't we can't we just can't come on <laughs> don't name a side it's, it's already side town like that that <laughs> is what it is like that is, there's no changing that it, it will be side town dude yeah. that was probably like the one make or break deal for pollard or he's, he's like all right we're only doing this if i get a name of side town <laughs> all right fine just, just just build it damn it yeah i even cyclone alley is a good one too i i, I get that's what the student section is called too but it's going to be an alley because it's going along like where literally the tents are yeah. so it's gonna be an alley it's like okay like you know i'll know. think of some other names and we'll, we'll come to them next episode but um, i like cyclone power light and district honestly Cy- I think cyclone power about- and light and yeah, that, that that's one rolls off the top, to, just, to be honest. That's a great way to just, you know, you know, differentiate ourselves from everyone else for sure. It's all about <laughs> branding. <laughs> uh, anything else before we close out? Roll clones, baby. All right. If you made it this far, um, congrats. You did a good job today. And of course, head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for a nice little drink. Get one on us. You know, if, if you're there. Just, just shoot me a Venmo. I'm not going to tell you what my Venmo name is, so you're going to have to find it. But if you say, if you request $5 for a Venmo for a beer at BNC, I will all oblige. Um, but please head on over there, support our boy, Ben. 
And we do want to give one last shout out actually to Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle is a, you know, t-shirt manufacturer here in Kansas City. Um, they just came out with a huge line of collegiate sportswear, and they just released the Iowa State gear um, the week before the Iowa State game. So that will be, you know, on their website. They gave Newt and I a few free T-shirts. It's seriously like the comfiest T-shirt you'll ever wear. Newt, are, you, you like your shirt? They're comfy as hell. I was wearing them for the Iowa game, and we won. So I didn't That's have huge. a Charlie Hustle shirt in the previous six meetings when we played Iowa. So uh-huh. you could say Charlie Hustle won the Iowa game for us, too. Fun fact. Absolutely. No, I was too. Now that you think about it, um, which I was also in Europe. So it's, it's one of those two things. It's either Mason can't be in America when we play Iowa. Oh, or, shit. Yeah. Or I have to pay for you to go on a trip everywhere now. Oh, you do. You do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seriously, head on over there. They have the best t-shirts and just like vintage logos. It's a, always a sick design. Like it's, it's never going to go out of style. You can have it pretty much for the rest of your life. So head on over there, check out Charlie hustle. And lastly, Iowa chill, our boys at Iowa chill, they're getting rid of some of their last minute summer, um, clothing. So head on over there. I'm sure there, there's going to be some deals going on and we'll have Bryce Borchelleron on to talk a little bit about some college football sometime down the road here. We, we got to give him some shit for that Iowa win. That was awesome. Or I should say the Iowa loss, huh? Our Iowa win. <laughs> Our Iowa win. Our All right. Iowa win. Thank you guys for tuning in. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby.